Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back with our NBL focus show for another week. And what a ripping week it's been. Uh, it has been non-stop action just in regards to the playing tournament kicking off and playoff basketball officially kicking off yesterday with the Breakers and Jack Jumpers matchup. A lot, a lot to get into today. We're not going to worry with odds and ends. We're not going to worry with anything else. It's purely going to be focused on all these playing results thus far, speaking to them a little bit more, how these games went down and what the future holds for the upcoming semi-final series. Before we get into that, though, guys, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, two tremendous networks doing tremendous things for not only us, but other content creators out there. So very, very appreciative, as I say, week in and week out of all their continued support in showcasing our good work. Rightio, let's get into it. Straight into the plain results, kickstarting with the game that took place the other night, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix versus the Perth Wildcats. This was the do or die playing game. Uh, there was uh, there's no second chances in this one. Perth getting up 106 to 99. Really a phenomenal, phenomenal effort on their behalf. The Phoenix held ascendancy for the vast majority of the game. Uh, they held even an 11 point lead heading into the fourth quarter, and it kind of looked as if you know it could, it could just about be curtains on the Wildcat season. Um, a big part of this through those first couple of quarters was due due to the discrepancy in the offensive boards. Um, Alan Williams certainly leading that as he's as he's done for a big big portion of this season. He finished with 16 points, 17 rebounds, and three steals. Six of those boards being offensive. Uh, it just speaks volumes to what a presence he is. And great to see during the week that the Phoenix re-signed him as well. Hopefully going one step further next season. And and to be fair in this game, the superstar that is Bryce Cotton, he struggled for the most for the most part of this game. Uh, yet the fourth quarter, it was it's it's pretty much the equivalent in the NBA of Damian Lillard, Dame time. It was cotton time. He was just phenomenal in this. Um, the Wildcats outscored the Phoenix 41 to 23 in the fourth quarter. Uh, cotton and Travis showing up big in the clutch. Cotton finishing in finishing the game with 26 points, eight rebounds, four assists, four steals on four of eight shooting from three. And just going bananas, as I said, in that fourth quarter, it was threes, it was four-point plays, finished the quarter with 18 points, and was pretty much it was pretty much solely the reason as to why they won this game. As I said, down 11 going into the last quarter, it really took a superhuman effort, super superhuman effort, should I say, uh, for them to get over the line in this one and thus book their ticket in the in the next stage. For the Phoenix. Disappointing for them. Uh, we'll do a review of their season and all the other teams in the coming weeks. Um, they'll be certainly disappointed as to how they bowed out, especially with the team they had at their disposal. And for how they looked throughout parts of this season, they looked like genuine, genuine contenders. Mitch Creek was playing MVP level. Alan Williams was phenomenal. Brian Brockoff, you know, Trey Kell, Gary Brown. It was a star-studded lineup, and it it really did fail to deliver. Um, not even making the semifinals for them would be a big disappointment, uh, but it wasn't to be, and Perth thus pushed on. Following off the back of that, the uh, the second game in the playing tournament was Cairns versus the Jack Jumpers. The Jack Jumpers won this one 87-79, to 79, uh, thus setting up Perth versus Cairns for the, the final playing spot. It was really quite a sloppy start from both teams, though. Um, Jack Jumpers really utilised their bench early 
playing 10 different players alone in the first quarter. Uh, it was great to see friend of the show, Isaac White. He came in with a real in, real intensity and aggressiveness. Um, had a nice little mid-range jumper and an N1 in the first quarter and kind of set the, te- the tone for the team that was otherwise kind of struggling through that first portion of the game. From there, Cairns, they just got into foul trouble far too early um, in that first quarter, giving the JJs way too many free throw opportunities. They had nine free throw attempts to zero for the Cairns Taipans in that first quarter and was a big factor as to why they held a 25 to 16 point lead at quarter time. Uh, in the second quarter, it turned into a seesaw in affair. The JJs led by as many as 13 before Cairns cut it down to four. Um, but from that, heading into heading into halftime, a big last minute from Milton Doyle. They kept their nine-point lead alive heading into halftime. Third quarter, though, their script completely flipped um, on the free-throw situation, that is. Cairns were in the bonus with just over seven minutes to go, and Taji McCall just went to work. Plain and simple, a player as good as he is of his calibre, he just went to work, lived in the paint, uh, the Snakes took a brief lead in that one before the JJs rattled off a late 11-0 run, which aided them in increasing their halftime lead to 10 points heading into the last quarter. Going into the last, JJs held their nerves, some big shots, got the W. Um, phenomenal game. Milton Doyle, 25 points, three steals, five of 10 from three. Uh, but for me, Isaac White was man of the match in this one. As I said, you need... It's, it's almost like an energizer bunny, just a guy to come in off the bench, set the tone, really, you know, when the kind of the chips are down to kind of uplift their team. And, and he's that guy. He was phenomenal in this one. Um, as I said, he finished the game with 18 points, four rebounds, seven of 10 from the field. Uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal game. For the for the Snakes there, for Cairns, Taji McCall, 24 points, six rebounds, three assists. Was a bit of a, a shining light in this one in an otherwise Pretty dour performance. Again, doing it without Pinder certainly hurts. Um, but nevertheless, a great win for the Jack Jumpers in that one. The third game, and third and final game, should I say, in the playing component to the postseason was the Cairns Taipans versus the Perth Wildcats taking place yesterday. Huge news coming out of the camp the night before that the Snakes would be without McCall for this one. Not only Pinder, but also Taji McCall. And for me, heading into it, I kind of thought it was almost going to be a bit of a rout. What with the way kind of Cotton ended that game the other night, a little bit of momentum, the injuries plaguing Cairns at the moment, I thought Perth would probably come in and have their way with them despite it being on the road. Wasn't to be the case, though. Cairns won this one 91-78. to Had a phenomenal first half, the Taipans. They didn't trail at all. They didn't trail at all in this game, in fact. Um, held a double-digit lead through big, big portions of that of the half. Um, DJ Hogue, though, you know, if there was ever a time to have a career game, this was it. And he, he certainly did. He was he had 21 points at halftime. Bryce Cotton played the entire first half, finished with 10 points, seven assists throughout the first half. Second half was a similar story, though. Perth weren't really able to get close. They never looked threatening to Cairns. Um, and Hogue finished this one with a phenomenal 32 points, nine rebounds, four assists, whilst Bill Quoll had 23 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Um, those two just going to work pretty much as a as a joy just dominated Perth. Um, whereas for the Wildcats, Cotton, he pretty well played entirely the whole game by the last you know, 20, 30 seconds. He finished with 19 points, six rebounds, 10 assists. Again, 
if you're a Perth fan, you'd certainly be disappointed the way last season ended, this season bowing out before the before the semi-final series. Um, it's been a, a, a rough couple of years after their, their decade's worth of dominance. Um, but I have no doubt in my mind they'll be back in and around the fold next season. Uh, just didn't quite have that consistency this year. And again, it was it was just the effectiveness from the field. In this one, surprisingly, albeit the score, uh, Perth had nine more field goal attempts, but went at only 40%, whereas Cairns shot 52% from the from the field. Uh, and with that win, setting up Cairns versus Sydney in the semifinals. As a little, a brief little prediction on this one, I just think Sydney, Sydney will be too good. Um, I see them going 2-0 in this semifinal series. You know, having Pinder would certainly have made a difference. Uh, even still, I probably would have backed the Kings in. Again, not sure what the state of affair is on McCall for the upcoming game. Uh, first game on Wednesday night at Kudos Bank Arena, but uh, certainly at home. I expect the Kings to get the win in this one. I would love to see Cairns triumph, um, but I think it just might be a, a mountain a little too tall to climb. But fair, fair play to them. That was an incredibly gutsy, gutsy performance they put in yesterday against Perth and certainly deserved their spot in the final four. Um, so fair play to them. In the first match of the semi-final series yesterday, the New Zealand Breakers faced the Jack Jumpers at Spark Arena over the ditch there in New Zealand. And the Breakers put on quite a show, winning 88 to 68 in that one. Essentially, though, this, this one was a brick show. It was a it was a brick show. Um, hard to believe again in this one, despite losing by twenty. The Jack Jumpers had had more field goal attempts, um, but were just super inefficient. I think they were plus five in the field goal attempts. Um, but from the field, the JJ shot thirty four percent, twenty six percent from three, and seventy six percent from the free throw line. Whereas New Zealand went at fifty four percent from the field, forty three percent from three, and eighty four percent from the free throw line. That pretty much says it. That was that was the game. The Jack Jumpers just couldn't make shots. Everything on the offensive end looked really stagnant and hard to get. Um, and whereas New Zealand just had far too many open threes, it was just, you know, blokes were waiting for the bus to come. They had that much time to set, shoot, and it was just money, money every time. Um, you know, New Zealand held a pretty pretty commanding lead throughout the first half. The Jack Jumpers were able to storm back though in the in the back half of the second quarter really off the back of free throws um, and we're able to, to pull within two at half time. And it, it looked as if momentum might be starting to shift. There might be a bit of a glimmer of hope, but that was dashed pretty quickly. You could not have written up a worse start for the third quarter. They were down two. they had the ball starting the quarter, Sean McDonald turnover into a Ray and Rupert and one play uh, stretching the lead to five there. Coming down the other end, Will Magne turnover into an Abercrombie two-pointer, stretching the lead. It went from two points to seven points in all of a matter of 38 seconds. Um, from there, again, another bucket stretched out to nine points before the Jack Jumpers were able to get on the scoreboard. But it really, that little run there, that 38-second patch, just halted any and all momentum. Really ballooned out in the fourth quarter. William McDowell-White, though, was the star. 13 points, six rebounds, seven assists. Whereas for the Jack Jumpers, no one really stood out. Uh, it was quite a disappointing overall display. A lot of things will need to be tweaked going into game two. First and foremost, getting blokes just to score. Be aggressive. Be, you know, wanting to score. Similar to how Isaac White was the other night against Cairns. Um, as I said, they just looked stagnant and out of ideas. Again, that's that's partly a testament 
to the Breakers' defence. Um, but game two, Thursday night, my State Bank Arena, for me, Milton Doyle has to step up. We saw last season in our postseason campaign, Josh Adams really put the team on his back. Um, you know, he was not going to die wondering. And I think Milton's kind of got to play a similar game to that. We need a guy who's going to be prepared to, to put up 25 points a game, um, especially with Majet out. He needs to be the guy. You know, I, I'm I'm backing this in. I think we take game two, send it to a, a pivotal game three. Um, but yeah, things have certainly, I think they'll do a lot of soul searching over the coming days. I still think this has all the makings of a tremendous series. I'm still backing us in to take it game three um, and then winning from there, thus setting up a Sydney Sydney Jack Jumpers rematch in the grand final. That would be the ideal scenario, us to get the wood over them this time around. Um, but as it stands, four teams remain, the New Zealand Breakers, the Tassie Jack Jumpers, then in the other semifinal, the Cairns Taipans and the Sydney Kings. Guys, I'd love to hear from you who you think will win these matchups. As I said, game one for the Cairns Sydney series taking place Wednesday night at Kudos Bank Arena. Game two for the Breakers and Jack Jumper series takes place Thursday night at My State Bank Arena. Um, I'm praying by the grace of God, by some miracle, some tickets might be able to fall in my lap. If not, though, I will be sure to keep you guys up to date with all the news, all the results. Um, it's certainly going to be a massive, massive week of basketball, guys. I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I'm not disheartened at all after the loss yesterday. Uh, it just makes our underdog story all that more compelling. So be sure to keep up to date, guys, with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, for all the latest news. Um, as well as tuning in, we'll be running another NBA show this week. Uh, myself, Rowan Lee, returned last week to break down all the all the latest news from the trade, trade deadline, um, who was going where. It was just a multitude of action. It was too much to take in. So we're going to be following it up this week on our NBA Focus show just discussing some more of the implications we think some of those big moves will have on these teams. Uh, the title contenders, how it fares now, what does Brooklyn, how does their season play out as they, as they pretty much start from the ground up again? Um, a lot of intriguing storylines to play out there. So certainly looking forward to discussing that with the fellas this week. Till then though, guys, have a fantastic week. Enjoy everything playoff basketball. By the time you listen to this one, uh, yeah. By the time you listen to this one, the uh, the Super Bowl will be over, but certainly hope if you're a Super Bowl fan, you're enjoying that one today. So then, guys, have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.